Hello and welcome to the Cinetific Institute. I am podcast professor Jason Harding. And I am podcast professor Atticus Blake. And I know it's been a while since the last time that you've heard a show from us, but the previous podcast professor disappeared in a hazy pink smoke that we have not yet been able to explain. And it's taken a while for us to find a qualified professor who does what we do on this podcast. Isn't that right, professor? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. We can't just hire just any jackhole off the street yeah. and have them pick apart the science of popular movies. I mean, you run the risk of pissing people off. You know? Yeah, you know, and on pissing people off on the internet, I mean, I just hate doing that. Oh, no, I know. You you lie in bed at night weeping, thinking, who have I made mad now? Oh, my goodness, somebody left a comment on this and that says that I'm stupid, and now, I, now I'm, I've been thinking my, rethinking my entire life. Anyway, what we do on this show is we take a popular movie um, and see if the science in that movie holds up to scientific scrutiny. Isn't that right, Professor? Yeah. Blake. Yeah. Almost called you by the former professor. No weeping. Oh. <laughs> there is no. There is no weeping in science. Oh wait. Yes, there is. We Lots kept a of bottle it. of the pink mist just in case. <laughs> anyway, what movie are we doing? Alien, 1979. I thought you were like, I see an alien, which is pretty common here at the Institute. Alien, 1979, Alien? Yeah. Not Aliens. Not Alien not versus a- Predator. Not Alien Resurrection. Not not Requiem. Not Alien Toga Party. <laughs> not Aliens with, you know, it, I'm sorry, I don't know whether or not you want me to be dirty on this one. <laughs> you can be dirty on this. This is not a family-friendly. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I can't be me without <laughs> oh, it. Okay, wait. You need <laughs> They are phallic-shaped life forms, so... (sighs) They're supposed to, according to the guy who designed them, they're supposed to be both, have both feminine and masculine. Um, They're supposed to have both dicks and vaginas, is basically what I'm (laughs) trying to say. All I say is dicks. All I see is dicks. That's all I say. Of course. Of course. Of course. That's right, Alien. Now would be the time that we usually do the segment We Were Fucking Wrong, but considering that We Were Fucking Wrong was nearly three years ago, and my podcasting partner would have no idea what we're talking about, we are going to skip but however, if at any point you guys disagree with what we're saying, or if you have additional information that you would like for us to include in the We Were Fucking Wrong section in the next show, then please leave it as a comment down in the comment section here on SoundCloud. Okay. Are but you I'm ready sure to... that will never happen, though. No, so. that won't happen because no, we're okay. super geniuses here. Yes, exactly. Um, we're infallible super geniuses. <laughs> All right, are you ready to strap one of these xenomorphs down to a table and extract it still beating whatever it is? Dude, I thought you were going to say strap on, and I was like, ha, ha, ha yeah, Okay, sure. no, that's not this show. That's not, that's not this show. We're not doing that. <laughs> okay. We're going to dissect this alien to see just how much of the science they got right and how much of the science they got wrong. And there's a lot of science in this movie, isn't there? Yes, there is. There's a so shit what would, ton. Yeah, what would you like to start with first? How about the Nostromo? Sure. The Nostromo is the ship in the movie, a gigantic, um, it kind of looks like a haunted castle in space. It, it's, it's just big. <laughs> Where just spooky big. things happen. <laughs> oh no, the spooky, it, something's happening in the spooky section of the ship, sir. Um, <laughs> so, uh, can you describe it? Because I don't think I've ever seen a clear picture of it. Oh uh, yeah, so you want me to uh, quote the website, make sure that uh, that's there? Sure, Yeah. go why for not? it. Okay. Uh, from Alien Filmspedia on fandom.com, the USS Nostromo is a. <laughs> I get this because the monetary value doesn't make any sense. <laughs> 
Was a $42 million Wayland Utani A Lockhart CMBM Bison M class star freighter used as a commercial hauler between Thetis and Earth. Now, I would think in adjusted dollars, it would be for probably closer to $42 billion or closer to a trillion dollars, possibly. Yeah, considering the rates of inflation. Uh, yeah. Um, it is uh, 243.8 meters long and 164.6 meters wide and 72.5 meters in height. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of looks like like little spires like on top of this flat platform, and it just kind of yeah. D- it looks goofy. It looks as goofy as shit. Yeah, it's and a it, goofy looking ship. It carries a refinery in it inside yeah. of the ship itself. Mm-hmm. All right, so and it's managed by seven people. <laughs> Isn't it only seven people? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, it is. It is. Um, how it has an onboard computer that is named Mother. Mm. which uh, can be communicated through the crew with an intercom system uh, and its interface room is only accessible to the officer at the top of the top of the chain which in this would be ash correct as well as um, as well it's as captain Ripley, dallas right? first i think yeah and then but ripley's dallas, capable of doing it too though isn't she well after dallas dies then she gets access to mother ah okay but ash is all i believe isn't he always constantly connected to mother yeah but that's because of the, the the you know the hijinks from the corporation yeah so the ship has numerous industrial areas, a central eating area, a hypersleep chambers, a kitchen, a cockpit, and um, it has a obviously a pilot center and an infirmary. Yep. Um, it has a nuclear reactor. That what? It has three nuclear reactors. Wait, uh, what? Yeah. What does the nuclear reactors do? What do nuclear reactors do? Well, what are they doing <laughs> in the ship in space? They power it. <laughs> they are what, okay. they are what I, I believe it. It is also its means of propulsion as well. Okay. Um, but they don't. They don't really go into. Um, it, it's a nuclear core. I mean, in much the same way you would think it would power a submarine. But how? Well, you know what? The three nuclear reactors make sense because at the end of the movie, when she detonates it, spoilers, it explodes three times. So okay. it must have been each one of those reactors going off. Hmm. Yeah. Um, it is. It actually has a self-contained self-destruct system. Okay. Um, <laughs> always handy. Always handy. Yes, uh, you know, Captain Picard. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't a self-destruct just a final fuck you to the enemy? Isn't it just kind of like we well, can't have our stuff? So, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Okay. And the it, uh, it is made of three decks: uh, the deck with a, a hypersleep central sleeping area, medical and science lab, and a cockpit. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, <laughs> other than that, it really doesn't explain much else except uh, how it was built mm-hmm. and the things that go on on the ship, as in the movie that we're talking about right now. Other than that, right. it really really doesn't explain much else. Um, so the, I mean, and and uh, there were a couple of other pages, and I can't remember exactly which ones they were where they explained that the ship's means of propulsion is not is not even close to light speed it's it it no. lumbers through space taking yeah. uh there's just why they're in hypersleep after they mine leave, going from thetis to to earth they're right. yeah they're in hypersleep possibly years at a time mm-hmm. um so also remember it also has a drop ship yes so it can land on planets with creepy animals on it <laughs> 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 
So we don't know anything about his propulsion, but we do know that it has three... And and this is also part of the... It's in the movie when she sets the, the ship to self-destruct. That is what she's setting to self-destruct are the, you know, the nuclear-powered engines. Um, I would like to reiterate in past episodes, uh, nuclear power is not just you have fuel rods and they give off energy. You We actually use the heat generated from those rods to heat steam or some sort of fluid that then in turn turns turbines that creates electrical energy. They're not energy in and of themselves. So while this facility is definitely big enough to house, um, I would think how, be able to house the uh, the uh, nuclear generators. Mm-hmm. What it's using that electrical power for, um, considering there's only seven people on the damn ship, it must be to, one must be for the refining of all the stuff. Mm-hmm. Which I believe and is a process that it can do while they're in hypersleep as well. That's what I think. I think it's mostly just all automated. Yeah. And then I guess the rest of it is to go into whatever kind of propulsion, because they have to have some sort of propulsion system. And also, if they're not going in light speed, then they're out, out in the, they're going to be gone for hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. So, well, well, I mean, the science of it, if you think of it, it's not really bunk that they're moving slow. That That's very, no. that's very typical of most of yeah. our ships. Um, it, it just wouldn't take, it wouldn't only take, oh, two years from Earth to Thetis. You know, it's like, it yeah, would be, there's no yeah, way. it would be <laughs> eons before they reached home. But they said something like, when they woke up, they thought they were, you know, at, there was a, uh, they were like on the outskirts of Earth. They thought, oh, we're finally home, right? That's true. They, they do, like, yeah. They, they thought they were six weeks out when they woke up. So they've got to have some sort of light speed or warp capable something. Well, whatever it is, they aren't telling you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're not telling you, and it takes longer than you thought because they put everybody into nappy time. And do you want to talk about the science of nappy time for a little bit? Sure, but you're going to have to do it because I didn't look it up. <laughs> <laughs> In the movie, they sleep in these little white coffins in their underwears. And, <laughs> Hot. And the, the the lids on the coffins just open up, and they get up, and they're, like, hungry and stuff, and that's it. They don't explain how it works or, you know, in the later movies, they said they were frozen, right? Mm-hmm. They say things like, why don't you freeze them and send them back? Which would imply, you know, um, what is the term uh, when you freeze somebody? Um, oh, cryogenics? Cryogenic. That would imply that they're putting them into... A, a deep state of cold. Now, what is the big problem with cryogenics? Well, um, when water freezes, it expands. It also creates a crystalline structure that pierces cells. Right. So what happens yeah. when after you freeze someone solid, what do you get back? Mush. Mush. <laughs> Although I will say, uh, I, I recently saw um, a, uh, a news article that had stated they had been able to put uh, a living being that wasn't an amphibian, uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, into cryogenic yeah. uh, sleep and then wake it back up. Up, but it was only really? one, and yeah, it was not because you can freeze a frog for quite a long yeah. time and then defrost not all it. Frogs. And it's like, hey. I don't think it's all frogs. I think it's certain frogs. And oh yeah, no, it's toads. all of them. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I know I'm that kidding, there's, kidding. and I know that they don't freeze completely solid. There's only one creature that I know of that can freeze completely solid, and that's a kind of cricket. There's a cricket out there that will literally freeze completely solid hmm. and then defrost and be go about its business. Um, I would like to point out that there is a big difference between both frogs toads and crickets and people um but um maybe they're doing like partial sleep yeah you know what i mean and also 
and also not a deep freeze. It's, it's not freezing it into a solid block that you knock on, and it's like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're lowering the temperature to just the point where the the, the cells might rupture, right? Mm-hmm. But it would need to do it consistently and evenly throughout the body, because the body has a tendency to freak out when it thinks it's freezing. Yeah, it? and well, the first thing it does is it starts throwing off limbs. Yep, it does. It says, don't need like, these fingers no more, do you? <laughs> Toes? Who the fuck needs those? Okay, we can live without arms and legs. But, but the diabetics <laughs> come in and they're like, man, I don't have to worry about that because half of mine are gone already. Now, do you think it's possible that they, they first they get like an injection of something that prevents the blood from constricting away from the limbs? Uh, what would it, it be, though? And it, is, it yeah. a sub- is it a substance that we could metabolize and, and, and it, wouldn't, it wouldn't interfere with other biochemical interactions? Like it well, wouldn't... I mean, we have vascular dilators, right? Things that cause the, the our... our Oh yeah, one of the one of the well known one is uh, um, Viagra. There you go. So well, they all my, take I Viagra. Mean, <laughs> I was going to say nitro first, but Viagra was actually meant to be a heart medication that ended up giving an old man, old, a lot of old men boners. <laughs> and they went, whoopee, thanks, Doc. <laughs> what do you think? I'm not going to fuck my wife. Are you kidding me? <laughs> So maybe they, I mean, but I mean, is that out of the realm of possibility that they could first come up with well, something? the thing is that, w- that uh, if you were given nitroglycerin, um, either you or me, uh, a person mm. who's in regular health, it would immediately dilate the blood vessels and make cause a, a drop in blood pressure. It's it's okay. one of the reasons that people who, who don't need the medication shouldn't be, well, nobody should be really touching it with their bare hands. Right, right, and right. It, it, yeah, it is actually permeable through the skin. Uh, uh-huh. And uh, yeah, so that's like one of the biggest dangers of that. So, I, I mean... As far as a whole process that where the person takes a pill and it's nitro and then they go high and then they freeze them, I mean... Or drop their temperature way down low, you know, drop it to... Because I would have to imagine that these beds would not only have to regulate heart rate, mm-hmm. but, I mean, you would think that maybe even if the heart rate slows down, what is slowing down the brain processes to the point in which it doesn't require the same level of glucose and oxygen that it normally does? Hmm. Um, well, I mean, anesthesia, you know, no, your brain is still functioning functioning during anesthesia. So, uh, yeah. I mean, it doesn't, I don't think it slows it down. It just makes it so you're not conscious. I mean, and, and an, you could use an anesthetic to, to cause a person to sleep in hypersleep. But the brain is, I mean, even during surgery, your body is still moving. It, it still has the yeah. same uh, uh, level of biochemical processes that are going on. Like, they're still, you're still warm. You're still, yeah. you I'm, know, your heart's still pumping. I mean, um, they're talking about dropping these guys down for months at a time yeah. so you would hope unless they're going to have them hooked up to an IV that's going to give them uh, granted minimum but keep their their the amount of glucose in their bloodstream but did they use IVs the in the movie I didn't see that. I don't remember seeing that though I all I saw them was get up in, the, in their underwear and look tired so let's say that it's a gas compound which okay. a lot of a lot of anesthetics are uh, well in combination yeah. with intravenous drugs but if uh, say obviously future time um, if it's a gas compound, it would still you would still have to inhale it, which means yeah. that you would be still taking in oxygen at the same rate that you would when you're up and walking around. Right. Right. Well, so I'm, or I'm sorry, is... while you're sleeping. Right. 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 Yeah. So, is it possible that it's not actually slowing the metabolism down? It's just putting them into a sleep state. But it would wouldn't it still have to make the person's metabolism slow down though? Mm, I don't. I mean, there are certain things that your body is no longer doing. I mean, you're not walking around. You're not doing anything. Maybe it slows the heart rate down to a certain level. This is but... true. I. I actually have I mean I've known probably hundreds of bedridden people at this point and if you if you offer them breakfast lunch and dinner 
they're, they'll yeah. look at it and be like, eh, I just want breakfast. And then lunch, they're like, ah, I, drank, I drank my coffee. And then for dinner, they're like, ah, I ate my dessert. Because they know... I'm having sleep for the, for dinner. Yeah, <laughs> and, and they do sleep a lot of the time. Um, but this mm-hmm. is the thing. Oh, here's a problem that comes up now that I've brought up bedridden people. What's, oh, yeah. What's keeping them from getting bed sores? Because yeah, it seems as though they're laying gonna... in the same position for all of those something. months. Yeah. yeah. You would Ugh. still get bed sores whether your metabolism you... was slowed down or not. Can you explain what a bed sore is? Okay. So if a person is lying in the same position for as, as, as little as one week, and sometimes days... Um, pressure pressure begins to build up on the the skin cells on the dermis and then the epidermis, causing them to die. And when Oof. that happens, there's actually an indentation where those dead skin cells begin to build up underneath the surface of the skin. Mm-hmm. And, and then from at that point, the skin the skin that's on the surface, which is still there, will begin yeah. to wear away. At which point, at which point, it becomes an opening, an open wound. And if you are, if it is not, if the person's not hygienic, they can get an infection in there. In fact, they will get an infection in there. They show up as a deep purple sore with this, with an opening where the skin has been torn open usually. And you can sometimes see the musculature underneath. I have seen as deep as bones. And how, how quickly can that develop? Uh, deep as bones, I would say a month. I mean, as minimum a, a minimum month. month. Um, but and how long have they been asleep? <laughs> and at, if we're going being scientifically accurate, years, yeah. years. Yeah, they've been asleep for years. So and... unless the unless the beds are also vibrating and con- and constantly turning them around, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, no, I don't think so. So the the better hypersleep chamber would probably be the ones in Event Horizon, where they're floating in yeah. like goop. Yeah, yep, yeah. That would be a better floating idea. In, floating in goop is the only way that you won't get bed sores. And it would I also it would also prevent inertial. Oh yeah, what's preventing them from having an? I mean, if they're moving, okay, let's say if it's only taking two years to get from the, uh, Thetis to Earth, and mm-hmm. let's say that they are capable of warp speed. It's not the nuclear reactor, but some other hyperdrive system that's It has to be some sort of warps warps something. What is keeping them from (laughs) being liquefied? On on movement. If they're in liquid, do, it would help. Do you want to do you want to do the whole air the whole thing about warp speed? Because we were going to save that for a Star Trek episode. No, we can do that. We can do that. But I'm just saying, if okay. if you are okay, unless there is some sort of I think in in Star Trek it's referred to as an inertial damper. Yeah. Um, <laughs> big boner on that one. Uh, That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm thoroughly impressed. Yeah. Well, I mean, I watched <laughs> the same shit you did. <laughs> oh yeah, you did. <laughs> Oh, and I love science. I really do. So <laughs> if you were to suddenly uh, move at warp speed, uh, what is mm-hmm. keeping you from flying at the back of the ship? If you're in a hypercha- or at the back of the hyperchamber, what is keeping yeah. any of this ship together moving at that speed? <laughs> I don't think we ever actually see that ship moving at that speed either. No, it's, it's just a lumbering... Yeah, it's a you know? slow, yeah, dreadful <clears throat> thing. But they're okay, saying I think it we only could, takes we years. We could wind up doing the, sh- the the ship for the rest of the show if, we, if we're not careful. I don't careful. care. This is long. I like it. I like it. You know, come on. It's How long has it been since the last show? Three years. And we just, yeah, we just murdered years. the other show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't know. So, yeah, in hypersleep, they're moving hypersleep. It, unless they are being constantly. Wait. So a part of my job as a nurse's aide is if with a bedridden person is to make sure that yeah. they if they are say they are moved up into their chair, they are constantly being weight shifted at least every two hours. That's okay. how that's that, how that is a law. And, and that would have to happen with these guys, considering <laughs> that they're in hypersleep for as long as they are and apparently just laying down on the, on what looks to be a very thin mattress mm-hmm. for the entire 
entire time that they're out. Oh, it'd be even worse if it was a hard. <laughs> the, the, so the butt cheeks yeah. would go first, and then the shoulder blades Ugh, and the okay, heels. Oh, the heels! That is the worst place. That is where. Okay, so if you have bedridden diabetics and they're yeah. getting necrotic, necrotic. So it's not just the diabetes that is attacking their limbs, but also the open wounds are then being rested against a, a in even a soft, even a soft right. blanket. A bed. Uh, it it begins to wear away and open up. You the okay. the ta- um is it the talus that's the bone at the uh, the heel itself? I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I should know that. I'm sorry. Here comes micro. <laughs> and introducing micro, our, our friend who wants to correct this all the time. He'll tell me the bone. I'll look it up later and be like, oh shit, I knew that. Um, that it will be exposed very quickly. In fact, I believe it's one of not the buttocks, but probably there that it would come first. Um, and then the coccyx, which is actually the stranger part, is that if, if you're sitting up constantly the coccyx not the butt cheeks because the butt cheeks have so much muscle mm-hmm. that it you know i i think that i think that that kind of prevents it but the but with when you go become older yeah. then those muscles waste away so the coccyx is more exposed <laughs> when the person mm-hmm. sits so all of them would be when they wake up they would be like oh fuck and they would you know with even with their metabolism slowed they would have mm-hmm. open wounds on their coccyx heels buttocks shoulder blades and probably the back of their head they would have cradle cap not cradle cap what do you call that where the hair wears off on the back of the baby's head i don't know you're making this is getting worse and worse the more you talk about it these poor people <laughs> they're, they're, they're basically a bunch of emaciated how are they i mean even even if they have metabolism required they would have metabolism requirements though yeah so what well, are they eating what, you saw what john hurt looked like when he got out of that thing <laughs> what are the yeah but he just looks that way it's because I know it's I because know. he was transported from the universe of 1984 immediately to, <laughs> no i'm sorry that movie was made in 1984 well, the, the other qu- question i have is, is since they obviously have the ability to travel faster than light at somehow they have to yeah um why are they even bothering hypersleep to put them into hypersleep um maybe because Does it this... still takes two years yeah so are they saving on food and oxygen yeah how much money i mean is it really that if you already have a trillion dollar vehicle is it yeah. really that much more to supply two years worth of food or ra- yeah, not even and... that rations yeah exactly and the thing for is, seven is people that, right so that is cheaper than sticking them into these death pods and putting them to sleep for however long they Head, these bed sore pods. <laughs> <laughs> You and your fucking bed sore pod. So let's say and, let's say that well, uh, it, uh, I have actually seen a bed that is mm-hmm. a, that is filled with sand that has constant air moving. It's called a sand bed. It, it, it's like a water bed. It's I, I've actually I've actually laid in one just out of curiosity when they turned it on. It is extremely yeah. comfortable and constantly shifting underneath the person. It's a fabric oh. that holds at bay a, a bunch of sand and then blows air underneath it. And it okay. constantly moves the person. So even if they are laying flat for a long period of time, it mm-hmm. takes a. It also takes a long period of time for the bed sores to accumulate. But that's cool. not what they're in. So they have bed sore pods. But they're not in that. And no inertial dampers, so they're liquefied. <laughs> <laughs> You don't know that because they never say it. No, they never you say it. You don't know what... But they do wake up safe and sound with no bed yes. sores, and they are they're not hungry. liquefied. And they're hungry. So yeah. let's... Uh, I mean, scientifically, let's say that it is a gaseous knockout mechanism. 
and yeah. that they are they are in a they, they must it must be on a vibrating bed right. that's moving them around right. their metabolism requirements have been slowed such that they don't need any food during the entire time they're in hypersleep right and uh, the inertial dampers on the ship which it must have are keeping yeah. them from being liquefied right yeah and the process is so gentle that they can do it over and over again yeah it does not take any wear and tear out of the body mm. if you think about it let's say you have to do that five times mm. the first time you're like oh I'm kind of knocked out okay fine but by the fifth time you're like oh ow <laughs> this is like a hangover and you know what I bet you anything that's what it would feel like what you are think? they peeing into I don't want it you Why? know that you know <laughs> again here's a me- metabolic requirement you have to have what are they shitting into I don't know is it being is it being beamed out of them <laughs> they have they don't have beaming technology in the aliens universe. no they don't so where is it if going if they did a lot of this would have been solved <laughs> so easily they're, they're waking up zombie <laughs> liquefied covered in their own urine and feces <laughs> <laughs> with with wounds down to their uh, down to their heels, butts, and and shoulder blades, coccyx, and yeah. no hair on the back of their head. Oh, the coccyx one is the worst one. I mean, they're well, they're pretty know, awful. Please no, because it's such it's such a thin piece of skin. Okay, right enough there. about the deathbeds. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> let's move so on. So they're on deathbeds. All right, all right, all right. Let's let's. I think that's like the only other major thing. I mean, they have flamethrowers in the movie. We have flamethrowers in real life. It's not that's not that big of a stretch. They have cattle prods in the movie. They we do have cattle they, prods in real life. And they did they use stretch. guns? Do they have bullets? No. They have androids that look exactly like people in the movie, and we have androids in real life. So not <laughs> yeah, but not not as complex as the ones. Now I was saying this, Jason, off 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 pod, but they uh, Ash appears to be a a. Obvious, obvious uh, um, android, but he has blood. It appears he has working organs that are not obviously not like ours. He he has a brain, and mm-hmm. I don't know if is that. I've never seen the inside of one of their in android skulls. Are they? Is it a? Is it like a human-like brain, or is it a computer system? Um, I think. Uh, so Ash is kind of like the same kind of robot that you would find in Westworld. The same kind of robot that you find in. Um, uh, Blade Runner, right? He's a replicant. Well, well, replicants. Blade, replicants are repli- humans, though. They still no, are. No, replicants are synthetic people. Yeah, but they are. They have the same DNA replication and and metabolism that we. Well, I mean, they're stronger. I don't know if they have DNA. Now we're talking they, about. Yeah, but they movie. talk about it. They talk about it in the film. In That's fact, true. He they even do talk about. He even they, confronts him about it. Okay, so I I remove the I re, I'll remove the replicants. So there's another movie but, we can do. But like in in um in Westworld, you see the you see how they're. Constructed, right? Yeah, and they have stuff that mimic human parts. And he and looks like Bilbo that... Baggins. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is Bilbo Baggins. It's portrayed by Ian Holm, so I mean, there's right. that. Okay, but actually, I think th- there is. A I think Wikipedia, the reasoning, but it doesn't. Yeah. It, um, it doesn't really go into it. Um, he has yeah, no. From what I could tell from the guts that we can see, he has uh, several bladders that are filled with a white liquid that spurts out all it over looks the place. Like, it that looks like it looks like the a parmesan that you get in the noodle sauce. What do you call that? What do you okay, yeah. He looks like he has Alfredo sauce for blood. Yeah, and, that's the word. Um, that's what I was looking for. But he also has a lot of uh, oh jeez, come on, um, optical wiring, um, uh, fiber optics. Oh yeah, you see a lot of them. Yeah, I and see these little so, tubules with little with bulbs on the end of them. Like what? Yeah, what the those fuck are, the, are those well, yeah, for? Those are the, it's like it's like I have it, no idea. So who did who was the special effects creator in the film? I forgot. It was it was same person who did Nightmare on Elm Street. What's his name? Sorry, I can't remember. I don't. Remember. Oh my god, we're bad. We're, we're bad. We're bad. We're here to talk about the science. <laughs> Yeah, but we can still, we can still. 
I know. But what he demonstrates in the film is that he's stronger than people. He's much stronger than people, actually. Because mm-hmm. he fends off, he fends off like four people. He can hold someone down with one hand. Um, and he's a little goofy. He goes a little goofy in the head. <laughs> yes, he did. He's been given a set of, uh, he's, he's capable of emotional states, right? He says out loud to Ripley that he admires the xenomorph. That's a pretty it's complicated a, emotion. It's a well, I mean, they're they're like gigantic. They're oh my god, they're fucking amazing. I think they're amazing to tell you the truth. What the xenomorphs? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, but there's a difference. You you came about that naturally. We're talking about a constructed person, right? This is someone who now has AI, but he has AI so advanced that he's capable of emotion, right? Mm-hmm. Because he talks about them. You know, he talks about what he admires the most about them. Admiration means that he sees something and he wants to emulate those qualities or he respects the qualities that he sees emulated that's a that's that's a tricky pill for uh an ai you know for a, yes. an artificially created brain yes um but what what year is this supposed to be 22 something like that yeah 22 something so um at the rate that our computers are are you know becoming better is yeah. it i mean is it, it do you think it's possible that do an ai possible, like that man? could exist without taking over the world <laughs> I think it's possible. I think it's possible for us to not have the singularity where it, where it takes over everything. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be interesting in how we're going to get there. I mean, I can't even imagine what it's like to try to program a simple, what we would consider a simple emotion like, let's say, um, desire, right? Mm-hmm. Desire, we input it so that the AI wants something, right? Just to program it so that it wants something. It wants to better itself. It wants to Do you say it wants to butter things. itself? It wants to butter it. I wish all the butter, please. All butter. Yes, spread it on me. Yeah, whether it wants to better itself or... No. Uh, well, with that Alfredo sauce inside of it. I can't Now put the Alfredo sauce in. Uh, Stan, uh, Stan Winston, by the way, I believe, okay, I believe did Winston, a lot yeah. of the effects. Yeah, he he uh, created the Queen Alien in Aliens. Oh, okay, all right. I don't know. Um, he, uh, no, uh, Carlo Rambaldi. Oh, Carlo Rambaldi. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Oh, yeah. So I don't know yeah. what he was thinking for the inside of it because I couldn't really because they knocked his head I clean he, off. I literally right? thought that he just threw a bunch of like parts from a front. He just like disassembled <laughs> a TV set and like yeah. and like just threw some broken glass and like fucking. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and fucking Alfredo sauce for blood. There you go. But I would expect to see sticking up out of his neck stump would be something that looks a little bit like a, you know, like a spinal column, something that would give the head some support and, you know, something that would... Well, if uh, it's filled with um, filaments, uh, what do you call What are you calling them? Fiber optic filaments. The fiber optic I mean, cables, And those yeah. act as musculature. They're obviously stronger than human ones. So what would be the need for, other well, than I mean, to appear optic, human? Fiber optic cable... Uh, takes the place of copper wiring. Mm-hmm. It just transmits information. But what I'm saying is, I'm, I'm thinking that that also it's not actually fiber optic cable. It just appears like fiber optic cable. Oh, okay. Because once he's beheaded, you can see it mm-hmm. underneath. You can see it underneath the flesh. And if that's yeah, acting yeah. as the muscle, it's obviously something else that is strong, mm-hmm. strong enough to lift a human being off their feet. Mm. 
I just don't think so, they ever give us enough information in regards to what he's made out of and and what and what uh, you know what are his muscles made out of what are what uh, what is he made out of other than plastic and goop and silicon and whatever else is in there and I don't think they give us enough information for us to work off of it it's obvious that it's not our idea of what the inside of a robot looks like mm-hmm. you know which is gears it's like the Terminator basically um, I'm not saying it's completely wrong because we don't know what form because I do think it's inevitable that we are going to create at, I think on two different paths we're going to create an android that looks very much like a person but may, may not have AI and we're going to create AI mm-hmm. and eventually both of those things are going to wind up in the same thing I want I my brain either... uploaded to the cloud I want a new I want a <laughs> But I mean, we're, we're, we have people actively working for that to be a thing. So do I think that Ash is completely beyond possibility? No. I, but I think that there are a lot of things that we would have to, a lot of hurdles we would have to jump in order to get to them. And I don't know if we're doing that in a hundred years. I can tell you. No, I think that 200 years would be good enough to at least create the body that so? looks like that. The body? Yeah, sure. probably. Um, but the thinking AI with actual emotional responses where it's like, if I were to actually be around it long enough and I went, you know, I... I started to fall in love with it, it would be able to reciprocate yeah. that love. Or, or you know, yeah. try to let you down easy. Are, are we even real? Come on, man. I mean... Ew. <laughs> you did not butter me right. <laughs> More Alfredo. Oh. That's it. <laughs> the Parmesan is gritty. Put it right on my CPU. Ooh. Uh-oh. All right, enough. Enough of, of our, dis- <laughs> our disgusting sex box. Let's get to the big enchilada. All right, the big enchilada, the fucking alien itself. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I promise. Did I promise yeah, I wouldn't I, do that? I don't think I a, did. He turned into a xenomorph wrangler. <laughs> Yeehaw! This would be my xenomorph wrangler. You guys remember me? No. Uh, Bye. Oh no. God, no! Please, no. <laughs> Uh, I actually, so I, when when Jason said we were going to initially do this movie, I was fascinated enough that I had been studying actually all week along with my other subject, organic yeah. chemistry, which I'm almost done with and still maintaining Which, you know what, B-. organic chemistry and this creature, that, that makes a lot of sense because, oh boy. Okay, so um, I, 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 basically, I basically wrote like kind of a, almost a, a page and a half essay here on, mm-hmm. on the thing itself and okay. then added in a few questions like, well, if this, then this. So then yeah. my question so would be So how to... about we start with just a general description okay. of what the alien in the movie is. Okay. So it is supposed that the outer that we're now we're talking about the um chestburster phase, which is which is a later phase that I'll describe. Oh, later. that's right, because it has so, so many. So we want to talk phases. about the, the alien itself, which is in when you see it in that uh when you see it after it bursts out of the out of um John Hurt's chest, mm-hmm. it is a it is the, the life cycle that's the one that we mostly fear. The one that we yeah. most fear because okay so it is supposedly has a sil- silicon based outer shell or entirely made of silicon which we will run into a, a lot of other problems <laughs> later on if it's made entirely of silicon okay right um, it is a drone and it stands above two meters is bipedal or quadrupedal depending on the host which it, in which it is germinated and has differing numbers of, of digits based on that as well um, it has a long cylindrical shaped head much like a phallus in its adult form it has a retractable secondary mouth. Both the inner and outer mandibles encompass two sets of long, sharp teeth. Um, That look like they're made out of metal. Yes. Um, actually, they look like they're made of silicon. Because when silicon, oh. when you isolate silicon, uh, well, we see it mostly as um, we see silicon every day. Glass. Oh, That's okay. mostly where we see silicon. However, when you see it in, in its uh, sort of rawish form, it's a silvery type of, uh, it looks like a metal. 
Um, uh, okay, so the both the inner and outer mandibles have two sets of long, sharp teeth, 20 in the outer, 10 in the inner retractable jaw. It has a two-meter uh -huh. two long, sharp tail uh, at the end capable of impaling its prey and lifting it off the ground in some cases. Yeah. It is a fearsome creature with the strength of several men, again capable yes. of rending humans limb from limb and lifting them and throwing them with very little effort. The, yes. the organism is supposedly concentrated acid for blood, possibly hydrosulfuric or carburane, held at bay by a high-pressure um, system, a uh, network of systems that are uh, coated in a Teflon-like substance that protects what? the organ. That's how. That's the only way they can get around this. <laughs> so, okay. Um, this is this is the the original. I believe the original creator of the actual uh, alien, the person we just mentioned, saying, "Well, it probably has like a Teflon si system inside its inside." It's <laughs> All right. Because as we know, I mean, Hulter's, uh, strong acids won't react with Teflon as far no. as I know. Um, no. It protects the organism from self-harm. Uh, but when it's wounded, it will spray out much like arterial spray. And the acid is meant as a defense mechanism that will very obviously burn the victim who's wounded by it. Right. Yes. Also destroy everything around it, which is bad in a special. And that is something that is uh, <laughs> characteristic in all three stages of its life. Yes. And of the, of the uh, caste system. Okay, what's stage one of its life? Stage one. Well, it depends. Do you want to talk? Do you want it to be the queen? Because that could be. It, I mean, it's like the no. chicken and the egg. So we'll go by the egg. Yeah, chicken and the egg. Okay. Uh, their their life cycle is a you you social life form with a caste system ruled over by a queen. Uh -huh. uh, the face hugger. They begin their life as an egg laid by a queen with a quadrupedal. With a, I'm sorry, a quadra. And I mean petal, not as in petal legs, as in petal. Petal. Pe petal. As in like, sack like on a flower. That opens upon detection of nearby movement. It opens like a flower, whereupon the yeah. face hugger leaps forth and attached itself to the host, which can be quite nearly anything that can that is warm and will host the chestburster. It's it can be a cat, now, it can be a dog, it can be a human, it can be mm -hmm. it can be a. Now my thing about the face hugger, yeah, just the face hugger looks like two hands. Mm -hmm. Take your two hands, everybody, touch the wrists, the inner wrists together, and and you have the basic shape of the face hugger, right? It has eight legs, though. It has eight legs. Yes, and it has that is. Eight in legs. all iterations in every movie. <laughs> It has a long tail that wraps around the, the, the victim's neck, mm -hmm. and inside it has a long penis-like structure that goes down the, proboscis. Person, down the person's throat. A proboscis. Yeah. That seems like a very specialized creature. Yeah, but the thing is, think about how many ho well, yes, but the answer to why it evolved that way comes in a movie that we we're not talking yeah, about. Yeah, I know, in a later movie that's stupid. Well, we can do that <laughs> one, too, because it'll be fun. No, this will be forever if we started opening up that bag of horrors. <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing. They're fun. <laughs> uh, so, anyway. I, so I got to say, egg... no matter what bad press those movies got, I still like them as popcorn flicks. I thought they were pretty well made. Now, but I'm assuming anyway. that the egg has some sort of placenta that keeps the facehugger alive. Uh, um, which, in turn, has a larval, has the actual larval alien inside of the facehugger. So, you have the facehugger, which is alive and waiting to leap out of the egg. And it has and its have... own embryo that is meant to be laid in the host. That it inserts into the host. That is an Both interesting concept. To... I didn't. I never even thought about it that way. Do you remember when you see the egg open up? You see this kind of 
like livery kind of thing on it is top. actually Every time i think it says it it's up, chicken fat yeah they say it's chicken on, fat and then it moves away and then it leaps out yeah right that's a big egg and we know how big the face huggers are i'm assuming that in order to keep the face hugger alive for however long it needs to stay alive they, you know what it pretty much it. says it could be indefinite so long as it's it's warm it's kept relatively warm and not and not and undisturbed it could be <sighs> it could be at like thousands of years they're they're implying i don't it would it have enough in there to keep both the embryo and itself alive for thousands of years no scientifically no that would make no sense yeah, even but, if it's watertight and completely you know self-contained self-contained and bacteria, well then it's you know, probably it's in, got its own hypersleep chamber <laughs> yeah it has its own hypersleep chamber someone comes in and turns the little thing every once in a while so it doesn't <laughs> like in develop. jurassic park eh, it's just it's like an egg That's turner <laughs> there are actual egg turners in other movies. I, I think they, they they turn the eggs so that it's constantly warmed. That's by, in Jurassic uh, Park. Yeah, that's Jurassic that's my Park. job. <laughs> that is a robot. That robot right. comes out and All turns right. the eggs. So more about the morphology of this thing. The face hugger okay, stage so... is denoted by a small eight-legged creature resembling a spider, yeah. with the exception right. of its tail that is capable of move. It is uh, capable of moving at astonishing speeds at its prey, and once attached to the prey, it's de- uh, it, it has been depicted to attach to a dog a cat, a human, and an elephant, I believe, in one of the movies. An elephant? Or any other host which it's capable of attaching to by immobilizing it with hypnotic chemicals, um, probably cyanose okay. or some, some, other, uh, some, some other chemical, and feeding it oxygen with a bellows-like breathing apparatus that right. keeps the victim alive while the face hugger implants an embryo in its chest via a proboscis that, produ- pr- pr- that protrudes down the throat and into the chest. Within hours or sometimes right. days of inflammation, the face hugger will detach and die. Right. That is an so interesting how, Here's ask. a quick... What? Yeah, go ahead. What evolutionary processes? And then pretending we don't know about the other movies. Pretending that we don't know about okay. that these things are what fucking designed. evolutionary process would create such a creature? Now, if they were arachnid-like, or, uh, yeah. you know, um, um, they obviously have an outer shell, which is similar, but the face hugger seems to have skin. Did you notice that? Yeah, the face hugger has skin. It has skin, not a, not a hardened outer silicon shell like the queens. And when and you the flip drums. it over, you can see that it has um, organs of its own. And it has it organs has... that are much like, uh, more like, um, you know, almost they're they're well, obviously phallic, but um, they're, yeah. they're they're organs like ours. And also, you'd have to think that this thing has to react very quickly. It has to seek out what it what it is. It has one job to do, mm-hmm. so it has to have something powering that. It is right? a, it's, yeah, it's a it very has... specified evolutionary process that would cause that to happen. Right. So, is the face hugger an individual creature with its own brain and its own sensory apparatus in order to seek? out its victim and attach to it or is the larval stage using it like a ship hmm well i mean i i mean where all living things are are delivery systems for <laughs> i mean technically right. we just carry right. around our balls other than that we really don't but have I, much I, use you I know i just thought about this right here what if the larval stage of the alien is living inside of the face hugger and it is attached to it so that when it leaps out it uses it kind of like a, a bio you know like a ship it uses it until it attaches it then gets put down into the into the host body once it knows that it's secured in the host and everything's cool it cuts all of its connections to the face hugger and the face hugger falls off and dies mm. so it's the face hugger has no brain no nothing it's all the larval it's the but larva it is an embryo it. that's being an immature embryo that's being carried inside of it because it obviously yeah. has but how could
could that thing? Oh, you mean it's just a delivery? It's not consciously aware. It's just of like what a delivery. Doing. Yeah, it's not the the face hugger has no consciousness. I mean, it's the... uh, penises do the same thing essentially. <laughs> I mean, it's it. it, it <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm being serious. I, all no, all I animals are basically bearers of of you know, um, yeah. you know, a, a certain amount of genetic material that's to be combined. But well, not all of them. Um, but like I think the, that would know, recognizably uh, humans, for instance, we're just we're just delivery systems from more genetic material, right. really. So is the is so there is the is face no meaning to the universe alive <laughs> in its own right as a separate part of the cycle? It dies immediately after like, doing it. So I mean, what it, purpose does it? it the males of the species. <laughs> well, and the rest are all either neuter or or the queen. Well, the chestbursters, uh, they said they're also they can be they have male and female attributes, but they don't really explain whether or not they are male or female that are infertile. Right, drones. They're all the, the most of them are drones. Yeah, um, or warriors. But I don't know. It's never really explained. <laughs> but it, it does appear to be the male then, because I mean, well, not mm. not necessarily. The male doesn't always have like a dick-like structure. Um, <laughs> Um, but it does have a pr- proboscis that pokes out and yeah. goes into the throat. And you know yeah. what's funny? Isn't wouldn't that be Geiger's commentary on on human males in general? That yeah, all it does I is mean, it just goes like it just scurries around, and then it yeah, finds it something just to scurries fuck around, and then, and then forces you to have sex with it. It and ra- literally like, rapes the host. Yeah, and puts yeah. It, and well, puts that a baby was that was part of, of the writing behind it. They wanted it to be upsetting to men specifically. Mm. But yeah, but men I, usually love the that movie. Point, That's the crazy part. Which was the artistic part. I'm talking about on the scientific part. Is that possible? Is it possible for a species <coughs> to come up with an intermediary? And my answer to that is yes. Yeah, because we do. I mean, insects are there do it are, all the time. There are bees. Uh, let me see. I forgot what they're called. This is really fun where I Google stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's not just um, blue waffles. <laughs> the parasitic bee. Uh, that mm. would be. No, that's. Well, the uh, cuckoo bee. No, that's not the one that I'm looking for. I'm looking for the one that it, it basically it takes it takes its own larva and injects it into the into the body of the other animal and then the, it yeah. uses the animal as a host and then the larva yeah the larva yeah. burst out of it and then they're like nom uh-huh. nom nom and they eat it and then they go away and they create more bees. Right. Yeah. But I mean, do you think it's possible that if what if that bee came up with like an egg that had something in it that whose only job was to get it inside of whatever. Why doesn't? Right? Yeah. Why the extra stage? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. Was these why the extra? Why doesn't stage? the? Yeah. Why don't the the drones just do that? Like like uh, like would... bees. Why don't they? Why don't they just you know go around and then they're, they yeah. that that probot that thing that comes out of their throat. They're like <laughs> and then they they stick is another it, one. Is an ovipositor. It's just like there you go. You're pregnant now. Or it itself attaches to the person's face for a few moments and implants an embryo yeah. in its throat and then it it dies. Or I'm not saying. That it's not impossible for life to come up with a scenario that's very close to that. That there wait could till be... you get to the Delta Quadrant. Oh, sorry. Shush. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out a reason as to why it would do that. Not why that would happen. Okay, naturally. without the Again, answers from the other movie, we're I ignoring would say, David altogether. <laughs> let's say, let's say that the planet. Well, it was obviously brought. LV426 was landed on by that ship. Let's say we don't know where that yes. ship that ship came from, but that nope. ship ended up being just uh, 
infected with all of these eggs. There was a queen, right. it laid all these eggs, it died. We never see it. But we yeah. do see the alien sitting in the, the seat uh, in, in the movie. We do. Well, there's a... It's not an alien. That is one of the... Uh, no. That's one of the... No, it's yeah, not. that's a space jockey. Oh, yes, yes it but it's not It's not a an alien. I mean, it's an alien, but it's not It's not the xenomorph. It's No, no, no. it's not the xenomorph. It, it, looks, it's one it is of a the... very human-like creature that is dead, yeah. wearing a helmet and looking at this... this uh, what does it look like? Like it's directing... It's directing some... It looks like a sundial pointing yeah, out inside of this it's large... It's like sitting in this, like, this giant, yeah, phallic shape okay. thing. Now, if those aliens evolved on that planet and it is as mm-hmm. similar similar to humanoid i'm not going to call it humanoid because i actually understand right. how evolution works it's a <laughs> similar to humanoid uh structure which looked about mm. nine feet tall um with, yeah. a, with a head of you know two or three times the size of a human the face mm-hmm. hugger is capable of wrapping itself around an alien okay. i mean I'm, i mean around around uh an elephant that yeah so like, if they elephant. evolved i still on, can't picture that but okay if they evolved on that planet with those same creatures it may have been that they were trying to escape the infection of this planet maybe and there just so happened to be a queen on this one ship that took it over killed all of its occupants including the navigator which is what i'm thinking that mm. that is and it uh it laid hundreds of eggs because there are hun- there are hundreds of them there yes and then uh the ship just ended up being derelict just there yeah, so right. it if if it, it if it evolved along with that specific alien the navigator mm-hmm. um on that same planet where they were constantly having to fight against these things yeah. that would make sense because then it would it would have had this extra stage I mean it would have taken a long ass time but the extra stage yeah. um, <clears throat> again because I understand how evolution works but what benefit yeah. would the extra stage give it do you think um well I mean eggs those eggs seem to have a long shelf life I mean yeah. uh, they can they can they can remain there a lot across generations obviously because the ship mm-hmm. looks like it's been derelict for how long mm-hmm. you know I think the only thing that it could absolutely guarantee or at least give a higher percent uh, a higher it has a sire a higher success rate of implantate implantation yeah right if you if you have this extra organism that his sole purpose is to find a host secure the host and then impregnate the host that increases its ability to and there are lots of know. them too yeah yeah, yeah. The, in, the increased numbers the increased numbers of eggs would in, would increase the you know right yeah okay so after it gets done putting its poo poo in your lungs you get up and you're like I'm hungry and, and then <laughs> okay and- the host awakens with no little to no visible signs of trauma other than lost right. time throat pain acid reflux and in te- it sounds like i'm talking about a medication on tv yeah um and uh uh intense no hunger bad taste in your bo- yeah, yeah intense hunger D- the, during the gestation period the, ju- the chest burster is said to take on the traits of the host via horizontal gene transfer which i just fa- oh boy sure guys sure <laughs> anyway hey hey professor blake is that possible horizontal gene tra- well i gotta can i, I gotta, horizontally gotta, transfer Okay, I got a whole, whole host of things. Like that's one of my questions. Okay, so I, okay. <laughs> no. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, including bipedalism, uh, quadrupedalism, and in some cases, the takes on facial features as well as the intelligence of the host. So, um, in the case of, I know we're not talking about the other movie, but the alien in the third one acts like a dog. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it runs around on four legs, and when it's eating, it seems to be shaking around. It's uh, the I believe it's a cow. It's shaking it around yeah. like a dog would when it's tearing meat from you know right yeah 
Um, right. and let me see. It also uh, it draws nutrients from the host's body and begins to grow at an astonishing rate between one and twenty-four hours. Once it's Ooh. fully developed, the chest burster will then violently erupt from the victim's chest through the rib cage and instantly kill them. Um, and once out, it begins to grow at an alarming rate until full maturation and molting, and its skin hardening into a silicon-based shell like a, um, I believe it's a diast- no, not diastomes, but, um, oh, trilobites. But those, we haven't seen oh, many yeah, of yeah, those yeah. in a very long time. Um, so mm-hmm. that's that part of it. And okay, then I stopped writing I because I had to talk to you. Pro- Professor Blake, I gotta ask a question yeah. real quick. Professor Blake, yeah. how in the fuck does this eel-like fucking thing that pops out of your chest grow? to two meters tall in less than 24 hours. Yes. Uh, now, this is the problem. Ig- Without ingesting a fucking thing. <laughs> ignoring all the other movies where they actually did show that a couple of uh-huh. times. This one does not show it. They actually show. By the time you, the, you after you see the little chest burster scurry away and go, you know, and then run away. <laughs> You do not see it again until it is in its an adult form, and it, t- and right. it kills uh, ooh, the captain. Correct? It it doesn't know. It kills uh, uh, the stone guy. Oh oh the uh, the spooge mopper. <laughs> he looks sure. like the janitor. He's the janitor in so many movies. Come on. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah, but he it kills him. You see him. It, it's hanging from the ceiling. It reaches down. It takes him up. It kills him, and then eats and him. I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, and he's full grown when he comes down and grabs him. Yeah. Yeah. So what did it eat in between? Well, the sh- we know Nothing. that the ship is full of has food though, because when they wake up, they got to <laughs> eat something. Yeah, but they didn't mention. Oh, okay, but let's say it did. It's, let's say it found fast food. Mm-hmm. Okay, it found its its food stores right and just tore through them. Is it possible for its cells to split and divide so quickly that it can? gain that amount of mass in 24 hours. Not without eating. No, I mean, even with eating. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know any, li- I do not know any life forms that do that. Yeah, and neither do I. Um, I think I mean, maybe there are that organisms there maybe... that, that grow that fast, that, I mean, that grow fast. I mean, they go to, mm-hmm. I mean, go from infant all the way to adulthood very quickly, but they, they're usually not large. They're usually small. No. Like, yeah, they're usually pretty tiny. Like insects, how, you know. <laughs> how fast does bacteria divide? Oh, uh, in, immediately once it's divided, it begins dividing again. Yeah, that's, and so yeah. it would have to have a cellular growth that's on par with bacteria dividing. Yeah. In fact, while it's dividing, it's dividing for possibly four times at a time. I don't think it would be able to eat enough quickly enough to be able to grow that fast. Yeah, and it wouldn't be proteins if it's silicon-based. No, and what is, so what is it eating at that point? Is it eating metal from the ship or eating glass? I don't, th- I think they would have noticed that part if it started eating glass and metal, but it doesn't appear to want to eat glass and metal afterwards, Yeah, it, it wants to eat carbon-based life forms. Yeah, and also you're, you're assuming that <coughs> when it's in the human host that it's kind of, I think it grows like a little umbilical and literally attaches itself to the human host yeah and takes up nutrients that way as well but one to 24 hours yeah, yeah and it, and it would not work there's no and not in the human there's no, no way no. if it was like five weeks later and they get woken up and this thing's banging on their little <laughs> sleepy coffins that <laughs> and they have no food left in the ship that makes perfect sense but it immediately starts 20, eating at uh, the glass of the of the of the diarrhea chamber <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, at, in some cases, <laughs> again, other other movie, they are able to spit that concentrated acid as well. I know. Um, however, they do drool a lot. That's another characteristic of them is that they appear. They do seem. The to drool be does not harm anything. It's just a suspense building technique, yeah. I think, uh, because it will open up its mouth and it will begin to drip drool, and then the all over the place. and then the the secondary retracting, uh, you know, throat monster comes out yeah. and and it's like, <laughs> you know. So real quickly, if you had a creature that drooled that much, how often would it need to drink something? Probably pretty often. Oh, like all the time. <laughs> <laughs> like, excuse me, can I have a drink? Excuse me, I gotta go drink at least five gallons of water. I've been, I'll be back. been drooling all day. It's drooling into its own, it has to drink its own <laughs> drool. Or does it only drool when it's about to eat prey, though? I don't know. I don't but it know. appears to be like, like at several cups, like at least a couple of liters. Oh, it's, it's like, pouring off it's like, of it sometimes. <laughs> Like it's it's pouring out of it like a shower. When it's about to eat, when it's about to eat Parker, you can see it. It look it does look like it's in a, in a shower. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> this is how I say I love you. <laughs> <laughs> so it needs more water than we never see it drink, and we don't know. Yeah, and it doesn't eat glass, which is which would it, what would it? it does. <laughs> So, from my observations, it appears that it has an exoskeleton. Yes. And a skeleton? Um, an ex- an ex- no, it's an exo- full exoskeleton. We, I don't, I've never seen bones inside of them. So it's, well, in the first movie, under the, do- the dome is, the dome on its head is clearer, and you can kind of see a skull-like thing underneath it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't happen, the rest of the movies, they get rid of that, mm-hmm. right? So I would like to, yeah, I, it does appear to be an exoskeleton, because its jaws don't seem to be covered in I mean, it, they are, but they're not. Like, you can see the connectors, mm-hmm. right? Like, out in the open. So if it has an exoskeleton and not an internal skeleton... Yeah, what is keeping those moist? Well, that's part That's part one. Part two is that means its muscular system is more based on insect physiology than it is on human physiology. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the muscular system of an insect is radically different. In I mean, because they have four different kinds of muscles running through their system. They have visceral, seg- segmental, um, what is the other? Append- appendicular, mm-hmm. I think is what they yep. call. Um, and they have flight muscles. Now, these guys don't fly, thank Christ. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we haven't gone over the queen yet. No, no, we're not doing the queen because we're going to save that one for oh, because, later. Well, but... it's also not in the first movie. Yeah. yeah, it's not in the first movie. Yeah, so... but that is a part of its life cycle, so you wanted to know. I mean, So we're talking about something that's about seven feet tall, and I think that if at seven feet tall, um, even at, even as, uh, you know, with an external skeleton, I don't know if those muscles would be strong enough to support it in standard 1G, right? Which we're assuming the ship has. Okay. One Why not? Well, there, I mean, the LV-426... I mean, is is about one, earth sized, isn't it? That's about one. Yeah, it's earth sized. That's also one G. Um, but I don't know if you with can how get large it is. No, fish- they could not be a load bearing. No, it, those load bearing yeah. structures would have to be. Well, yes, but remember they're silicon based. So there's that to take into well, account. We're assuming they're silicon based. No, I, we don't know if that's. It just depends their... on who you ask, but I'm I'm going with I'm going with the idea is they think that these things are silicon based. You want it to be silicon based so that we can keep the acid for blood. No, I want it to be silicon based so I can debunk this shit. <laughs> No, if I would say if if the alien were to exist this in this form, the best way for it to exist would be for it to just have an outer shell of silicon. Mm-hmm. If it had all of okay. its internal everything, and uh, this is my this is my problem. 
If it is it's silicon-based and not carbon-based, what the fuck does yeah. its DNA look like? I don't know. I have no would it, idea. Would you replace no, if every it, let, speck of carbon with being, silicon? Being silicon, yeah, being silicon-based solves a lot of problems with some of the other pro- other things with the creature. Right? I mean, like it's silicon-based. Silicon-based means that yeah, you can have acid. Okay, I, I can't even say it. Okay, everybody, listen up. You can't have acid for blood. No, you want to. You can have highly acidic blood. You want to know but why? But you can't have acid. My for my blood. favorite my favorite reason is this. Uh, they obviously breathe oxygen. Yes. So how is the oxygen breathe. being transported around in their acidic blood? I don't think it is. Because you know, no you know what would happen if it was hydro what? hydrosulfuric acid, and you and in the presence of oxygen, the hydrogens. I mean, the the oxygen would constantly be ripping the hydrogens off and turning it into water, which is which would explain <laughs> where that drool comes from. Yeah, maybe that's where all the drools come from. But it it is it is not a good explanation if it's automatically being drooled out every time. Time, so uh, that's that's one problem. Uh, the the other problem is if it is just a defense mechanism that happens to lie in the outer shell underneath a layer of uh, Teflon, and it's not. She yeah. just made a mistake and said it's concentrated acid for blood, and it's not actually. Right. Um, why? <laughs> oh, it's a good defense mechanism. Yeah, but this is the thing. It doesn't. So it doesn't hurt them, but it all it does harm their surroundings. It very obviously well, eats through the hull the hull of the ship. And if you were, you just, if there was constant infighting, like, fuck, we feel like, you know, having a little fight here. I, I mean. Well, I don't think they ever anticipated being on a ship. I don't think that they have the brain power to be like, oh, forever on a spaceship, this is bad. If it was like a natural, like out in the, like, like, like bombardier beetles, right? Mm-hmm. Bombardier beetles have asses that explode. And it's not like a directional, you know, I'm aiming this acid bomb directly at you. It just, when they're threatened, they explode, right? Yeah. I think in the wild, if you had a bunch of these and they got attacked and acid came out and damaged, you know, the, the creature attacking it, they would get used to not wanting to attack that creature. I think that's I think that's okay. Mm. But the idea that it has come up with a way, because we see the acid come out of this thing and it burns through six decks of metal. <laughs> Yes. Uh, now, the other thing is, if it is a very, even if it is a very strong acid, they depict it eating through certain types of plastic. And uh, anyone who's taken uh, a basic chemistry, it, it's not going to eat through, through like same uh, hydrofluoric acid won't eat through most, through most plastics. You can contain it in plastic, and mm-hmm. it will not. What about glass. Um, <laughs> it depends. Uh, so if you have really? tempered glass, well, I, you know, I, I've done this in the lab. Uh, um, if you have tempered glass you can put you can put something as strong as um hydrochloric acid uh, strong hydrochloric uh-huh. acid in a glass bottle and it, it should be okay um right but if this is something as strong as carburane uh-huh no probably I don't not carburane ah so hello google look at carburane so carburane acid is found to vastly exceed that of triflic acid or Bistrophilamide, um, and it is a carbon-based acid. Obviously, with the name carburane, it does. It it is yeah. capable of eating through almost almost anything. Um, so the the point of this is that that supposedly an extremely strong acid is running it through their 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 veins. 
So if it has an acid that can eat through anything, what is it made out of so that it doesn't the acid doesn't yeah. eat through? So it? supposedly it has Teflon lining this inner area under the shell um, that okay. that protects the at like much like when our our gastric juices protect us from the hydrochloric acid that's in our stomach, right? Um, except it lines the inner part of the shell to keep it to keep mm-hmm. it from from harming them and the outer part of the shell, obviously, because it when you when okay. you, when the the alien gets acid on it the acid on itself it does not eat through it no no but it should but it if it if it had teflon for skin it probably it might not but okay. it, we, don't oh, we don't know, know that if... what what evolutionary processes cause this animal to <laughs> cause this animal to evolve teflonated to create inner, teflon. inner tubes <laughs> that contain st- extremely powerful acid that is capable right. of eating through not only glass rock metal uh-huh. um and plastics and 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 you know plat which is really that's the irritating part it like eats through the wire <laughs> the, the the wrapping around wires and shit why would anyone make it that's what <laughs> i want to know is why <laughs> just for fun yeah, a couple weeks ago, I sniffed I sniffed some 12 molar hydrochloric acid. The, the friend was like, okay, and they wafted into my face, and it was like, oh, oh my god, just the smell of it burned my eyes and my what sinuses. What did it smell like? It smells like a, uh, it smells well. And when you smell chlorine bleach, it's not the same. This it smells like fire, is what it smells like. It's not not, <laughs> not a fire. It smells like burning. That's what it smells uh-huh. like. And if you boil hydrochloric acid, as you have to do with quite a few uh, chem, uh, reactions that you'll do in the lab, it will get into your eyes mm-hmm. and it will burn. It will irritate your eyes. It will irritate your lungs. It'll irritate your throat. Right. Um, and so if it were to come into what, contact with your yeah. skin, you're not going to have uh-huh. a fun day. Right. So uh, the concentrated acid for blood is bullshit. Is bullshit. Just well, I think because you mostly can't... because of um, how is it transporting oxygen throughout its anything. Blood. Right. Or, and nutrients. But. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay. But having it as a, a defensive mechanism, uh, maybe. Like maybe, you said with the bombardier beetle, I mean, you know, uh, uh, the bombardier beetle. There's there are, there are ants that have high levels of acid in them that make them unappetizing to to into. Yeah, but birds it's it's strong. Like it's that. it's about as strong as acetic acid. I think it's it's like it. Yeah. You know, um, it's not really. It, it's irritating. Like I wouldn't want to eat a handful of ants. <laughs> no. <laughs> But I mean, there are insects out there that, like uh, the monarch butterfly. The monarch butterfly, in and of itself, is not toxic, but it eats toxic plants and takes on those toxins, and then has bright colors to warn off any birds. Don't fucking do it. Don't do mm-hmm. it. I taste bad, and I'm bad for you, right? So, the only thing that I have, the only problem that I have with it, is that it has to have organs that produce this stuff. Uh-huh. Right? What organ produces that? <laughs> I don't know. Also, doesn't doesn't um, acid lose its potency over time? Oh uh, no! I mean, if it's self contained, no, it doesn't. I, I oh, mean, okay. if you if you just keep a bottle of, I as far as I know, no. I I mean, uh, if you just like I said with that twelve molar hydrochloric acid, I'm pretty sure it was the no. same one that was on the shelf from several years ago that I that I had used. Um, right. I mean, if you keep it in self contained and it doesn't go anywhere, mm-hmm. no. Um, right. But I mean, if it's donating, it, well, acids acids donate hydrogens. That's pretty much the the, the harm in them um, and right. if it is exposed to anything it will it will donate those hydrogens to, to what it can um, that's how it loses its potency that's how it becomes non-acidic is by okay yeah. so so back to its muscles just real that quick. have acid in them that have acid in it would and it would react I mean, it, with silicon though that's the other mm, thing it yeah. would react with silicon it's it's you know it, uh, it's crazy like it would like it would react with carbon it would react with silicon uh-huh. it would it right. would protonate it uh, I believe 
And okay. I and wait, and I wanted to say, as far as as far as silicon-based life, there are very few that we know of that it, like um, their uh, diastomes are not silicon silicon silicone. They have big tits. Uh, silicon-based. <laughs> Um, they had they use they use silicon. They use it. Yeah. Um, and other and uh, uh, trilobites did, as I mentioned before. But nothing as large mm-hmm. as this. The only thing that that is postulated could exist are rock-like life forms, like the ones that we see in Jason's favorite Star show, Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Trek. Um, in which case, how are we having <gasps> horizontal gene transfer from? I don't know. You tell <laughs> me. How how is it doing that? Okay, so let's say every carbon was replaced with silicon in and in, in the DNA and the DNA replication was similar but not the same. How would uh-huh. it adopt carbon-based DNA into its own? I don't think it would. There are a myriad of factors pre- preventing this from happening. One would be steric hindrance. The uh, silicon is larger than carbon, though it has a lot of the same properties. It has four electrons in its outer shell. Yes, I'm saying that in quotes mm-hmm. because it's not actually those it's orbitals um and it it would do similar things however it does have different electrical components which is why we use it Mm -hmm. in computer chips but it if if it were if it were a long chain that is of self-replicating molecules there is Mm. no reason for its say dna replicates to look and go hey there's some carbon-based ones (laughs) let's replicate this too it's not just going to go through the string and go okay yada yada it's going to go this doesn't fit this (laughs) this motherfucker like if it has a yeah this is its voice this motherfucker doesn't fit. It doesn't work because no. it doesn't fit. No. I can't sit here and zip across this. It, it's not going to work the way we think it's going to work. But Addy, yeah. it eats people. The what? If it's silicon-based, it eats people. What is it getting out of that? Um, Carbon? <laughs> Mostly carbon and hydrogen and... And lots of so other it could eat charcoal and be perfectly fine. You could tame it with charcoal with little briquettes. There you go. So yeah, um, a lot of things preventing it from having horizontal gene transfer. So there's that. So it's not a and, thing. It can't can't do it. Uh, okay. So that's why I'm saying if this creature were to exist mm-hmm. and it had silicon in it, it would adopt it as its shell, and it is probably carbon based underneath. So it's a carbon based life form that utilizes silicon in its carapace. Yes. Okay. Its outer coat. Uh, Except in the face hugger stage, also, which obviously has skin. Yeah, exactly. Also, it can produce resin. <laughs> yes, and it can produce extreme amounts of drool as well as having teflonated interior tubule tubules right. that so we're spit talk- acid when they're penetrated. Super highly specialized. <laughs> Extremely super high, which is why they were probably engineered. Oh, I don't want to talk about engineering. Oh, boy. <laughs> They don't give us anything for that in those movies, like how okay. it's done. In the okay, but in the first one, we do see an thing that lo- is a life form that appears to look like a humanoid that is dead, and that's the only evidence we have. Yes, that it, it this this uh, you know right yeah. okay right. So we're make pretending say, that this is a creature that came into existence on its own. A plausible uh, a, a a plausible way that this thing could exist is that it is highly specialized to its specific environment right. that has. It breathes oxygen, but does not have blood as acid. Uh, but uh, has cannot has, have uh, blood as acid. It has acid as a defense mechanism right. underneath an outer shell made of silicon. 
but right. its interior is carbon-based, and if it is adopting DNA horizontal by horizontal gene transfer, right. it, would, it would have to be a carbon-based genetic replication mechanism. Also, if it does have an exoskeleton and no internal skeleton, and it was using muscles in the same way that insects would, it could not generate enough power to be twice as strong as anybody or anything. No, they would bend. No. The way, when you, like when you crack open a, cra- a crab's <laughs> legs and eat the meat, the cooked meat inside, I wonder what they taste like. Well, I mean, insects and, and you know, insects and spiders are very strong in a pro- in proportion to their body mass. But they're tiny. Yes, they're tiny, yes. You can't actually have a giant spider that attacks the city. No, because it cannot support its own weight based on its, not just on its body shape, but on its musculatory yeah. system. And its changing that to silicon-based outer shell does yeah. not help at all. No. Because it would just, it would crumble like, like rocks or like right. glass. right. And although we do see in several of the other movies, their outer shell is actually very easily penetrated by bullets. Yes. And they're, and they can be pierced by several <laughs> other objects. Sometimes. It so, depends on the caliber yeah. of the bullets. Because I yeah. saw one getting shot in the face a lot. And nothing was, it was like ricocheting, like, spar like Superman was getting shot in the face. Yeah. So, yeah, highly specialized creature. Okay, good. I think, Were there any other things? I think that's everything right now, unless you want to talk about the queen or what David did with his, his magic... No. No, Fuck all juice. Sad. I mean, if you want to talk about the queen, you can because uh, they're not going to know it because you deleted it. But my computer crashed when I opened when I opened Chrome. So okay, it's revealed it in the second it, movie that mm-hmm. the thing that lays all the eggs is the queen, right? Yes. That's born pregnant. Probably. How? But what is inse- Is it an insemination process? I don't know. Or do because the drones inseminate we... the inseminate her, and then she lays an egg that is also pregnant with yes. the drone. Ants have sex once. That's most highly efficient and fast with how fast they grow. I mean, yeah. that's 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 efficient. But most species of ants will have sex once, and then the queen will just start laying eggs. Yeah, and it's based off of that one coupling. I guess I think they have a, like a specialized organ that that keeps that with keeps the sperm alive from the male, and then it just keeps start make pumping those eggs out, baby. Mm. So the queen yeah. is like twice as twice the size as the drones or the warrior casts of this this creature, which is in keeping with insects. It has mm-hmm. a huge descent, distended, you know, third body. Which there, she's able to detach from, too. Yeah, she can rip herself off of. But that thing is like the big baby And it has, spite, it has spider-like limbs. It does not walk around on two on two legs. It has spider. When you when does you see it, it break off, it it, it has... No, it has two large lower legs, um, a pair of smaller um, arms that come out of the front of its chest, and two large limbs that come off uh, where, you know, human approximation shoulders would be. Let me see. The alien queen. The alien queen mother. So, um, yes, okay. Yeah, you you seem to be right right on that. Um, I'm, for some reason, uh, no. That part that detaches had legs. Did it? No, it didn't. Yes. Ew, that's gross. What? But it, it, yeah, yeah. Let me see. Uh, from Xenopedia on fandom.com, mm-hmm. uh, the queen mother is referred to as the mother queen, is a large form of the species of xenoform, xenoform XX121, that serves the supreme controlling force of the species. Let me see. Characteristics. Uh, similar to regular queens in many aspects, the queen mothers likewise serve as egg layers and the overseers of hives. Um, in the latter respect, they are essentially a supreme ruling, ruling force of the xenoform, xenomorph hierarchy. Um, physically, 
Typically, clean, uh, queens are distinct from other high-ranking xenomorph casts. They do not possess large, impressive head crest. In, uh, okay, they're going instead, crazy. In fact, their craniums bear closer resemblance to the elongated, sleek shape common of a drone. Okay. Oh, no, that's the queen. I, I think that that's the queen mother, not oh. not the one that we meet in the second. Um, this is a, like this is this is out of the thing. Yeah, this is someone quoting from the books or something. I don't know what. Um, it has elongated spines on its back. The queen mothers also appear to have several tentacle-like appendages flake, uh, flanking their mouths. What? Hmm. Um, Is they talking about the same thing we's talking about? <laughs> yeah, there's a picture of it. It doesn't look that. No. The alien queen. Uh, let me see. I think we have. Um, she's a nightmare xenomorph. Let me see. I'm trying to look for these legs. That's the part that I'm curious about. I could have sworn I saw legs. I don't remember spider, seeing but... legs. I remember it kind of hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> Right, it was kind of hanging, and then it had this like goopy. And she makes sounds like a like an like yeah. an angry like female a goopy ma- ass uh, like... end. But I do have some questions about the regular old xenomorphs. What's that? Did you see any ears on it? No, no eyes either. No eyes either. So what the fuck is it doing? <laughs> Echolocation. Maybe it does make a high pitched sound, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, but is it in constant response to trying to see though? I don't know. I don't think so. It's usually you're making that sound when it gets shot, right? Yeah. So maybe it has. I mean, it's got a really long dome on its head. Mm-hmm. Maybe it can pick up vibrations through the dome. Maybe, and it also has those spines on its back. They all have those. They're they're like they're like protruding things that out of, out of the back of its back that go down its spine in quotes. Right. Um, <clears throat> all the way into its. Tail. And the original alien, there a couple of those things were also kind of like exhaust tubes. They kind of look like tubes. I don't know what that was about. Um, but we don't see any eyes on it ever. No. And it's possible maybe the eyes are internalized underneath. How that does dome. it have nerves? How does it feel things? Well, I mean, I, I would assume it just has an, an, uh, a nervous system, just like any other creature. Wouldn't yes, it? but can it feel like if you tap on its shell, would it feel that? It would probably feel the pressure of the tap. I mean, insects feel so it. it would, you... It's not like human skin, then. No, I could feel be. It has to be like yeah. No. No, that would mean that it would have nerves running on the outside of its carapace, and mm-hmm. insects don't have that. But I mean, insects, I think still, unless we're going back to the 1800s where we assume that no creature other than people felt pain, um, I am assuming that it can it can. They feel don't. It. They're yummy. Stop it. <laughs> Just eat them. <laughs> but I think it might have eyes like, um, have you ever seen a barrel fish? No, I haven't. Uh, barrel fish is a deep sea creature. It lives actually not super deep, but its eyes are internalized. Mm-hmm. It, they grow underneath the skin, okay? And the skin itself has become clear, and the eyes are tilted up. Oh, wow, ups, is that cool. Are staring up all the time. So it has a see-through head, and its eyes are inside of its body. But it has two lumps on its face that look like eyes. Yeah, but they're not eyes. Now that is highly specialized. That's dude. super specialized. Okay, but it, it's in a fish. It's in a not, fish. Not, uh, not, well, what it, uh, uh, crustaceans. Um, crustaceans are similar. An, ar- are, are, an arthropod, technically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, uh, we could say the alien came from the sea. To, <laughs> with, but remember, uh, remember, convergent evolution, convergent <laughs> evolution. You can do, you can have, you can have similar traits mm-hmm. based on completely different, you know, evolutionary, yes, yeah, bird wings and and bat wings. Right. Yeah. So maybe this one, its eyes developed underneath its carapace, and that part of the carapace is now see-through. Well, I would say that it probably they were in the they were in the the, the normal place first, and then evolved to move backwards because those yeah. eyes on the those. If you can see this picture, you oh, I know exactly what the like, brow like yeah. structures on the front of its face. 
Oh yeah. That probably served as holes where those eyes used to be. But you know, at some point, those eyes went in and stayed in, yeah. and <laughs> and then it made it it grew a clear head. It grew a awesome. clear fucking head. Um. But that's not what this creature did. I think we're done with this. I think we're done with the xenomorph. I think we're done with alien. Professor. Yeah, I think we are. Professor Blake. Plausible but highly specialized. Uh, uh, ah, yeah. We give we give these things a grade. <laughs> we give them a grade. Yes, we do. Oh, you like I? How am I grading it though? Like A, B, C, D, like yep. one out of ten, or I mean, no, like, no, we don't want to do pass fail because most of these would fail. Well, what what do you want to? I mean, how? I don't remember the grading system and how you did it before. I used so, to. It was I mean, used how many, to be A, B, C, D, E, F. How many different D, attributes? E, or you can expel it. How many different attributes do you want to do that for, though? It's up to you. You you can grade it however you feel is best suited I, for the film. I think okay. So I'll say as far as coolness. <laughs> Like as far as as far as this thing is fucking awesome, it's cool and scary. And mm-hmm. I, I give it a ten. A 10 as a movie 10. monster, if it one gets of those motherfucking things was in this room right now, yeah. I would be shrieking at the top of my lungs. And I have a sword over there. That's all I have. <laughs> I don't own a gun. Okay. As far as scientifically accurate, it's way too specialized. However, <laughs> with all the things that we just named, I don't think that it could actually exist Highly or have impossible. evolved even yeah. on another planet. Right. And Engineered? Yes, maybe. So I'll give it a as far as real as far as realistic, scientifically realistic. I would say five out of ten. You're gonna give it a. You're not gonna give it a grade. Grade. We are an institute. We're supposed to be. Oh, okay. So the first one would be an A. This would be a C. A C. A C minus. Okay. I'm gonna give it a D plus. Mainly right. because I think what it got right, it got right by accident. What it got right was fans going back and going, no, no, see, this is how it could possibly work out. I think they took this really weird design from some freaky Danish dude or wherever he's from and said, that's what we I, want for our alien. I believe he is from Germany. Yeah, and then they gave it a whole bunch of freaky attributes and people did a lot of the work after the fact. So as far as the movie is concerned, they just wanted a monster, a scary monster, and that's what they got 10 mm-hmm. but as far as actually thinking about the monster and coming up with a plausible way for it to do stuff and the thing that sticks out the most is its overnight transformation from you know the chest burster into a full full-size adult that's bullshit there's nothing that, that and that, yeah, yeah. if it's eating what the fuck is it eating how is it eating it if right. it's entirely silicon based how is it adopting another life form if it isn't silicon, yeah, exactly there's a lot of bullshit in it they played hard and fast with the science and that's in keeping with the movie because they really didn't give us any explanations for hey they got artificial gravity how does that work they don't give us any of that shit um so i'm gonna give it a d plus i mean it is a scary monster and mm. if we worked really really hard we might be able to make it but, s- i mean semi-plausible yeah ridley scott i mean <laughs> yeah the intent of the movie was to make a scary movie, and they succeeded at that, right? Yeah. Oh, and it was well-written, too. Oh, yeah, it was well-written. <laughs> Not that that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But as far as putting um, any real thought into the science of it, nah, no. I, I gotta say, though, I gotta say, it's not it, it's not surface-level science that would explain this stuff. Like, you you and I have studied this kind of stuff for fun for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's stuff that, for the layman, yeah. I, I mean, let's say the director of the movie is a layman. I don't know whether or not he has it. He would not know that no. concentrated acid would eat through. <laughs> you know, he, I mean, he wouldn't know, he may, he may know that it would, yes. but not why. Yeah. He wouldn't know that it would, it would probably wouldn't eat through certain types of plastic. Why would he know that? Right. But I mean, the um, whole. He wouldn't know, and most yeah, people don't know how evolution works. Mm-hmm. But that's most, my point, you know, yeah. is that when they put dumb science ideas into movies, people assume that it's true. 
And yeah. so when they do dumb things about evolution, when they do dumb things about physiology, when they do dumb things about physics, when they do dumb things about, um, um, you know, the way acid works, people pick mm-hmm. that up and internalize it. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, can be, it can be a problem, especially when the same mistakes get repeated over and over and over again in subsequent films, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm fairly certain someone took some hydrochloric acid and poured it on their cat and was surprised that it didn't just burn straight through. They went, oh, or they, you know, they dropped it on metal and waited for it to burn through like alien and it didn't mm-hmm. happen right and that's what we're uh, trying yeah, to do. yeah it dispel. probably wouldn't burn through like that no. either no no no, no 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 okay fine hey so we gotta do another movie uh, I, can I suggest one that you might have to remove because I'm you you probably. are doing this soon on the other show that you're due what no no we're not doing <laughs> Star Wars oh come on you poke come at on. that thing scientifically the whole universe falls apart we're not doing it but I want to do it, though. I want to do it. No, we'll do it after first... we're done next month. That's craziness. I'm not doing all Star Wars on all, <laughs> all the channels. It's crazy. Movies. Okay. So you suggested Independence Day. Independence Day. Which I really Day. enjoy. Which the, I really enjoyed. Yeah. The Star Wars wannabe. Well, I mean, there's a lot more war in Independence That's Day. That's true. And they do, yeah. Far less know. stars, though. Mm-hmm. And a lot more stupid science. <laughs> All right, so next week's movie? Next week's? No, in two weeks. Next show's movie, Independence Day. Yeah. All right, guys. From the Cinetific Institute, this has been Jason Harding. And this has been Atticus Blake. And you have to say our catchphrase. What? We were fucking wrong? No, that's not our catchphrase. I don't know the catchphrase. What is it? Where we put the science in fiction. We only need you to say it, though, because if I say it at the same time, I, I'm going to fuck it up. We don't say it at the same time. It's what you get to say at the end of this oh. show. So I say this has been Professor Jason Harding. And this has been Atticus Blake. And thank you for listening to Cinetific. Where we put the science in fuck. <laughs> Stop it! You should keep this in. You should keep this in. This is so good. No! <laughs> Where we put the science in cinema? Is that what you said? Fiction! We Where put, we the, put science the science in fiction. in fiction. Right. All right, stop, stop. Where we put the science in fiction. Yay. Bye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Penis. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Cinetific is a Let Me Listen podcast production with Jason Harding and Atticus Blake. You can find more Let Me Listen podcasts at our website at... LemmeListenPodcast.com You can also find us on Stitcher, SoundCloud, and iTunes under Lemmy Listen. Please subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find us on Facebook, Pinterest, and Twitter. Cinetific is also a listener-supported podcast. If you would like to contribute just $1 a month to support this podcast, or any of the other podcasts that Lemmy Listen produces, please visit our page at Patreon. Just search for Lemmy Listen Podcasts. Or you can click the Patreon link on our website. And thanks for listening.